Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series titled, According to the Pattern. Our text scripture is Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9, where God talked to Moses. He said, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. We've been talking about the first prophetic pattern that we find in the tabernacle of Moses. I call it the pattern of the way. And we've been through the gate to the brazen altar, then the brazen laver, the door to the sanctuary to the first room being the holy place, and the furnishings included in there being the golden candlestick, the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. But let's continue going west towards the throne room of God. And it shows the pattern of a Christian's life. And if you remember, the holy place represents the operation of the church before the return of Christ. And after prayer at the altar of incense comes the veil. The veil is a thick curtain, 10 cubits by 10 cubits, about 15 feet wide and 15 feet tall, and held up by four pillars. It's a beautiful curtain with colors of blue, purple, scarlet, and embroidery of cherubim. Cherubim seemed to be specially assigned guard angels. They guarded the tree of life with flaming swords in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, and they are depicted in gold covering the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies. Scripture doesn't tell us how thick the veil was. Chuck Bumgardner says this, The statement that the temple veil was as thick as a man's hand is found originally in rabbinic literature, the Mishnah, and not Scripture. Later rabbinic commentary tags this description as hyperbolic language. Given the context of the original statement, as well as the uncertainty of rabbinic traditions, it is unwise for us to state in an unqualified fashion that the veil was as thick as a man's hand. It would be more accurate to say something like, early Jewish tradition stated that the temple veil was as thick as a man's hand, although this might be an exaggeration. And Kevin Connor, in his book on the Tabernacle of Moses, says, the word veil actually means a separation, a curtain, or that which hides. This veil was to hide the Shekinah glory from the eyes of men. It acted as a partition to separate sinful man from the most holy God. But something is different. The veil is not shut. 
it is actually torn from the top to the bottom, and we can see the glory on the other side. We can see the Ark of the Covenant, and it's very obvious we can walk right into the Holy of Holies. Why? Because as the New Testament church, we live after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Listen to this in the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. Kevin Connor speaks again saying, the rent veil speaks to us of the fact that the way into the holiest of all is now open to men. When men fell into sin, he lost the way. In Christ, the way is restored. The veil no longer stands as a separation between God and man. The middle wall of partition has been removed once and for all. God will never go back to that old form which was fulfilled and abolished in his Son. God has opened the way. In Christ, we have access into the very presence of God, and we may enter within the veil to behold the glory of the Lord that we might be changed from glory to glory. Listen to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Wow, we'll talk about the way. Yes, this is the way of the Christian life. Kevin Connor continues in some comments saying, This rent veil symbolizes the broken body of the Son of God at Calvary. The veil must be rent. Christ must die. The rent veil points to his rent flesh through which the way to the Father is restored. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's out of John chapter 14, verse 6. In the rent veil, we behold his body, which was broken for us. In the mercy seat, we behold his blood, which was shed for us. In Christ, we have an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So think of it. Originally, we were outside of God's house. We were trying to find a way in, and something brought us to the only gate. Jesus met us at the gate, and he is leading us into the full presence of God, to the very throne of God. The baptism of repentance brought us. The baptism into the body joined us. The baptism in water showed us. And the baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire empowered us. Now we are ministering as his ambassadors, operating with his power and gifts. And as we take the authority he gave us through prayer, and as we worship and praise him for his goodness, we have full access into his presence. Are we hesitating? Are we somehow uncertain of our right to enter? He's right there. It's him. I thought only the high priest could go in, but the veil is wide open. Jesus is motioning for us to enter. Jesus is the high priest, and he wants us to continue to travel west. He wants us to enter into the full presence of God. It's the way. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, 
let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast to our confession. What does that mean? The original Greek word is homologia, which denotes confession by acknowledgement of the truth. Our confession is our faith in God's word. It is what we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth. It is our boldness of who we are in Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith confession we hold fast to is that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And our confession gives us our boldness to enter into the throne of grace and receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 through 12. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Are we ready? Here we go. We're covered in his blood. Let's continue to follow Christ west and enter into the full presence of God. And this brings us to the Holy of Holies. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And then Revelation chapter 22, verses 3 through 4. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. Kevin Connor comments, The most holy place in the tabernacle was the most unique section of the tabernacle. The outer court experienced the natural light of the day. The holy place was lighted by the seven lamps. But the most holy place had no artificial or no natural light, and yet it was the brightest section of the tabernacle. It was lighted by the light mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 15 through 16, which says, The light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, it was lighted by the very glory of God. The Holy of Holies is the second room of the sanctuary. It represents the throne of God, the millennial rule and reign of Christ on earth, and the full presence of God. The room is ten cubits wide, ten cubits deep, and 10 cubits tall, or about 15 feet wide, 15 feet deep, and 15 feet tall in our measurements. Inside the room is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a rectangular box with two cherubim angels on the lid. It was about 3 feet 9 inches wide, 2 feet 3 inches in depth, and 2 feet 3 inches in height. It was also made of shittim wood, overlaid in pure gold, and it had two rings on each side with poles for carrying. The lid and the angels were made of one piece of gold, without any wood. The angels were at each end facing each other with their wings outstretched and covering what was called the mercy seat, also known as the blood-stained mercy seat. This was where the Lord was said to dwell. We find this in Psalm 99 and verse 1. The Lord reigns, let the peoples tremble, 
He dwells between the cherubim. Let the earth be moved. Inside the ark were three items, the Ten Commandments on the two tablets of stone, the golden pot of manna, and Aaron's rod that budded. Did God really live in or on a golden box? And what is the mercy seat? Well, let's start with the mercy seat. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 22, it says, And there I will meet with you, and I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So God told Moses he would speak to him in the Holy of Holies from above the mercy seat between the two cherubim. It seems this is more of a meeting place than a box for God to live in. It's a special place, though, because the high priest had to sprinkle the mercy seat with blood from the sacrifice at the brazen altar every time he entered. Yes, it's the pattern of the way. Exodus chapter 25, verses 8 through 9. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. Once again, we're out of time, so come back tomorrow, same time, same place, same channel. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.